Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley, or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 166 of the Restoring Report podcast. We're super excited for the content we got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family essential goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today, I will be joined by Landon Mock, who is back after helping us through our wedding. Landon was one of <laughs> my groomsmen in my wedding that happened just a couple days ago on July the 13th. This episode is being recorded on the 15th. Um, but for those of you who were not able to attend that wonderful ceremony, everything went wonderful. You, It is recorded for you to listen to on this show. That is episode 165. You can go back and listen to that if you have not already to catch the full ceremony officiated by my very own father. Uh, went went off wonderfully, went off splendidly. Landon, um, I don't know, Landon's actually been through a couple of these weddings before, so he has kind of more of an idea of uh, how well it went. But uh, I thought it went overall really good. Don't help to do. It. Don't hope to do it again, though, and I refuse to do it again. So it's not <laughs> something that you can practice. You can only do it once. So you got yeah. one shot to have a good wedding, and I think we did that. But oh yeah, uh, you, hit, you hit it out of the park. Oh, you hit it out of the park, Seth. I mean, that, that was a great wedding. My wife had a great time. Um, you know, uh, memories were made. I've got to make some new friends. Um, you know, yeah. even even the guys that I met on the bachelor party. You know, I, I got closer to and. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's been awesome. There was a lot of great people. Um, yeah. The ceremony was amazing. Um, I, I thought your dad did a wonderful job. I did too. Yeah. Um, he he he, he really did. He really did a great job. And your mother's blessing was a blessing to me as well. Um, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it definitely touched my heart. And um, you know, I think that it was a wonderful, wonderful ceremony. Yeah, it was uh, having my parents involved was something that I definitely wanted to do. Uh, kind of a different, a little bit of a different twist. Um, most people have their pastor or someone do it, but where I had done house church for you know eight plus years, and where the last institutional church that we attended closed down in 2020 with the launch of COVID, I really wasn't close to any pastors as far as you know ordained ministers. Um, now, when you talk about shepherds or elders or uh, fatherly figures or leaders. I have lots of those, so I was at an abundance of those. But I thought having my parents 
uh, would be the best choice as they put most more work into me than anybody else has and uh, I love them more than any other you know father figure or mother figure that I have um, despite the fact that I have many I thought they would be the, the, the best choice to um, engage in our in our ceremony so guys if you did not catch that I, I totally agree with Landon it was a wonderful ceremony go back and listen to uh, my dad's officiation of the ceremony as well as my mom's blessing over the marriage uh, concluding wrapping up the ceremony both of those were great things uh, we also had a pretty cool entrance that uh, you may have seen on social media I'll try and post that recently uh, the groomsmen and I smashed through the, the this big paper ring and ran down the aisle to a triumphal uh, entry themed music of the wedding march uh, by I think it was let's see here Matt or um, Maybe it was John Clements. I, I can't. His last name was Clements, but he has a wonderful um, epicore version of the wedding march that we went down to. But super fun, great wedding all around, and I'm excited to be coming back and recording for you guys. First episode that I've ever recorded in my new home, which is in an apartment that I've got about 20, 25 minutes from uh, where I grew up. So wonderful opportunity that we've got here. Way better internet, so less worries about that than I've ever had before in my life. So hopefully we'll be a little more relaxed on that front and. Without further ado, though, let's go ahead and hop right into what we have planned for you guys today. I was sent this article by a listener, um, and it's entitled, let me pull it up here so everybody can see it, if you're a subscriber. Uh, if you're a subscriber, you should now be able to see it. It's called it's called Unschooler Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Prodigy, The Story of Cole Summers. And basically, it's going to be talking about kind of something that uh, the, the man who sent it to me, who's actually my mentor, gave me this as a preface. To the article he said I know this might not be the time for you to think about this he's talking about my wedding but I thought you might like this kid's story from for some podcast content in the future so never never read this before never seen it at all so I'm just curious to see what uh, is in this article if you guys send us stuff we do our very best to review everything that we are sent um, we do we do we are cranking out a lot of content so sometimes it can be hard and it might be weeks later that you'll listen to it. For example, um, this episode is going to be airing about one month after it was actually recorded because we are so far ahead of our release schedule, which is good for me, man. I can take some break to enjoy my wife and um, just have some downtime together. That's why I do that. But you'll be hearing this about a week, a month after uh, it is actually recorded. So um, let's go ahead and jump right in, though. It says, Unschooler, Entrepreneur, Prodigy, The Story of Cole Summers. I don't know what you think about unschooling Landon. Uh, I know a lot of some unschoolers in my life. Um, the, the the particular, uh, I don't want to kind of label it as either good or bad. I see a lot of usefulness to it in the sense that unschooling often provides parents with the opportunity to teach uh, their children what they will actually use in their life instead of um, you know a lot of you know pointless long division and uh, you know exponential numbers and things like that that they really probably won't use unless they're going into some sort of mathematics degree. Instead of that, unschooling parents focus more on learning life lessons that will act, they will actually learn in the real world. And often, many times, they're successful. Uh, it's kind of like a, a version of homeschooling that doesn't involve <coughs> academics as much as it involves life skills. Um, so I like that part of it, but I also right. don't like the unstructured nature of it that I yeah. see a lot of people doing. They're so unstructured that it's actually kind of, uh, it inhibits the kids from growing. And there, a lot of times the unschoolers that I see haven't been very, uh, how shall we say, socially adept and uh, well-mannered and regulated. And they have difficulty, uh, you know, relating to other people and engaging in, you know relationships with others so um, I did they're just things that and again I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying that unschooling always breeds that I'm just saying that can be a byproduct 
um, yeah. as well as, you know, there can be a lot of good byproducts that I've seen. So, Landon, any thoughts on unschooling before we get started? Yeah, I mean, to me, coming from a public schooled perspective, um, yeah. I think that when you take on these things, it's more challenging for the parents than it is for the kid. Um, you yeah. know, if you plan on doing homeschooling, usually you follow a curriculum. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you, you would be following some sort of curriculum, um, and it would have some of that normal stuff in it. So that takes a little bit away from the parents of having to come up with what the kid is going to do every day. Um, mm -hmm. But with this unschooling, it seems like it's even more work for the parents trying to figure out a proper way to um, get your kid to continue his education every day. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's not good or bad within itself. I think that it is up to the parents if you're dedicated enough and you um, are able to continue to push your kid to continue his education day by day, then it, it could probably turn out good. Um, but it's a lot of pressure on the parents, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I think that's a very, a very good summary of it. Uh, basically, guys, think homeschooling, but without the academic focus and a lot more, like Landon said, a lot more effort on the parents' end to basically uh, present their children with options and then their children then choose options to pursue. Um, again, I, I think a lot of good can come out of it, but uh, I think a lot of it's, it's all, it can also be uh, a risky in a sense because, I mean, kids left to their own devices will make stupid decisions. There has to be yeah. some kind of guidance there. There has to be some sort of structure, some sort of, um, you know, reg uh, boundary, whatever you want to call it. There has to be some sort of parental input or the mm -hmm. children are just going to, you know, eat candy all day and play outside, uh, which is great. And I think they should, you know, you know engage in physical activity, run around. Uh, all that kind of thing, play game, play video games, play with their friends, uh, engage in these fun activities. I think those are great, but there has to be some sort of, uh, you can't just leave them to that. There has to be some sort of parent input. So let's go ahead yeah. and hop right into it. It says, Kevin Cooper, known to the internet as Cole Summers, was taken from this world far too soon. He tragically died on June 11th in a kayaking accident, but in his 14 years of life, he accomplished more than most of us do in a lifetime. At age six, his parents handed him the reins of his own education, giving him the freedom to choose what to study. He chose Warren Buffett videos on YouTube because he wanted to learn how to get rich. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, I think just my first reaction to that is that's a rare choice for a six-year-old. Yeah. Most, <laughs> most six-year-olds, and again, I'm around these six-year-olds every day. Um, you know, kindergarten level uh, kids, most of them are not going to choose, choose Warren Buffett videos. They're going to be watching Paw Patrol and, you know, Coco Melon or just right. something, you know, they're not going to be just, they're not going to be interested in, you know, then they're actually, I would argue they're not actually capable of um, thinking ahead to the point of their future life and what will benefit them. Then they, they don't know delayed gratification at that age. They're just, they're learning it, but they don't have a firm grasp of it. So I would say this choice by the age six, um, Kevin Cooper is a rare one, and most children would not choose uh, Warren Buffett videos on YouTube to learn how to get rich. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. It says at age six, but, but I'm amazed that this young man did this, and especially that he accomplished so much. Let's continue reading. He says at age seven, he started his own business, breeding meat rabbits and selling them to restaurants. He set up a corporation to become the major majority shareholder, just like a Silicon Valley startup. At age seven, which um, he's breeding meat rabbits and selling them to restaurants. Okay, at age eight, he got his first truck, 
through trade with a neighbor and discovered that an eight-year-old can in fact get a vehicle titled in their name very interesting <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of kids growing up would say i have a car and by that they meant they had a you know a junk heap in the back that their dad says is theirs um, right. but this is this is really amazing that he was able to do that at eight years old at age nine he bought a 350 acre ranch that's incredible uh, for $130 per acre to expand his business into breeding meat, meats and goats. If he was the only one responsible for that financial purchase, uh, I would be at this point downright amazed yeah, um, that, that he was able to do that. That's absolutely incredible. That's way more land than I own, you know, and may ever own as well. You know, I'd like to own more one day, but that's way more land than I own now and I'm 24 years old. It says at age 10 he bought a house. Okay, at this point I'm very impressed, uh, yeah. which he then renovated and sold for profit. He learned flooring, roofing, cabinet making, painting, and electrical work again from YouTube. So again, this is something that I like about the unschooling movement. Lane, and I'll get your thoughts on it in just a second. YouTube is an incredibly powerful uh, tool. And something that I found, it, it, I'll give you a bit of a personal story to, to kind of reinforce that point. When I went to college, I paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for an education that primarily consisted for many years of YouTube, a mm-hmm. free resource that I could get without going to college at all. So my point is that YouTube is such a powerful tool that's so widely available and free now to anybody in the world that you really don't need, uh, you know, to go to, um, you know, in my case, a, a liberal arts college to learn things. It, yeah. I could have gotten everything that I learned in college for absolutely free on YouTube. And again, yeah. you know, people say, well, professors know what resources to give you. They give you the best resources. Well, in my experience, they gave me YouTube. It wasn't like some amazing book that they they wrote themselves or some amazing concept that was taught only in that institution. No, they got most of their content from YouTube. So that was not only a disappointing aspect of college, but also something that I think speaks speaks for the important uh, for you know it recommends unschooling as far as what you can learn uh, if if you if you're so inclined. But Landon, what do you think of this guy's life so far? Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Uh, I would love to know what his parents do. I'm uh, I'm not trying to discredit what he's done he's amazing but i'm a natural skeptic um Mm -hmm. and hearing these things i'd love to hear how his parents and not to discredit what he's done but instead to show the actions of the parents as a um example for the rest of us parents of what to do with our kids if they have this drive to want to go out and you know start a business or if they want to go out and start to uh try new things you know i'd love to hear from his parents and um hear about where they stepped in to help and where they allowed him to um you know kind of take the reins um but yeah i mean i think it's amazing um he he's a you know rural tycoon at you know 10 years old and yeah and yeah. yeah you can't you can't say that about many people no, for sure. I would agree with you, though. Um, I don't think, as powerful as YouTube is, you can't get a kid of that caliber without some pretty impressive parents. Yeah, so I, I think, wanna, I think I do, uh, you know, you, you're six years old watching a Warren Buffett video, and he says something, and you go, Dad, what does this mean? And then, you know, that's when the parents can step in and help out. And I think that, um, you know, I understand that this article is to highlight the qualities of the um, you know Kevin Cooper, but I yeah. also would love to see something about the actions of his parents because uh, mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's impressive that they have raised a son that has been so successful. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it, it speaks to a, a level of understanding that they have, at least in finances. I mean, they, the kid at six years old wouldn't even know who to uh, search for on YouTube to, right. to get these resources, so there's got to be some level of parent involvement there, and especially when he's getting into these bigger things, I mean, he's got to have some serious guidance mm -hmm. uh, handling that much money at his age, regardless of where he got it, whether there was parent input or if it was only the product of his own uh, knowledge and work. Um, he's got to he's got to be getting some wisdom from from someone. Perhaps his parents. Perhaps he had a financial advisor. Perhaps I don't know. I don't know what it is. If you're handling that right. much money at that young age, you probably have some kind of advisor. Um, and I read a book. It was actually recommended to me by the same listener who sent me this article, who's my mentor. And he actually he actually it's a book by um, Robert Kiyosaki. And it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he talks about mm. there the importance of having somebody, actually, and, and a book by John Lee Dumas as well. But they both talk about the importance of having somebody who knows, understands money to mm -hmm. speak into your life. Because if you want to, if you want to know how to handle money, if you, if you just handed somebody, you know, two, two million dollars and you said, have fun, they're actually going to squander that pretty quickly if they don't know yeah. how to handle it. Whereas, you know, if they just took a little bit of that money, and paid somebody who knew how to handle money to handle those finances, they would be rich, you know, stinking rich way quicker. Um, simply right. because they, knew, they they paid somebody, they tapped into some an experienced person's knowledge when it came to their funds. So I would imagine this kid has done that. Uh, it says at age 10, he bought a house. Uh, at age 14, he wrote his autobiography on his education called Don't Tell Me I Can't, a fitting title for what is essentially an ode to kids pushing the limits of what adults think is possible. Uh, this is very young for, for all the stuff that I'm reading. Most of the time I see um, kids doing this, you know, at least in their teen years. You see famous teenage authors and stuff like that, but... Um, this is shocking to me that it was that young. Uh, you know, I met, even me, you know, I argue that kids can do pretty amazing things younger, not kids, but I talk about, you know, it being possible to get married young and have a really healthy marriage. But, you know, 10 years old to be doing these amazing things is, is pushing my imagination even, and I have a pretty liberal imagination when it comes to what kids are capable of. So I'm, I'm very shocked by, by, by 10 years old. But he, he started, um, the author of this article said, I started reading, don't tell me I can't, while I was waiting for a takeout order. I imagined I would read the introduction while I waited for my food and then go home. Instead, I ended up sitting at the restaurant counter reading the entire book cover to cover while my fruit, food grew cold, much to the amusement of the wait staff, I imagined. I was captivated. Kevin's book was the most compelling story of homeschool possibility I had ever read. See, there it refers to it as homeschool instead of unschool. I think that unschool title might have been there a little bit more for clickbait, perhaps, yeah. than um, actual actual substance. I, I want to see if this article says anything more about parent involvement. Um, Landon, my parents were pretty involved growing up. Um, right. But we we had a structured academic schedule like that. We did mm -hmm. school. We just did mm -hmm. school at home through online curriculums or uh, paperback mm -hmm. curriculums that my mom would read to us. But uh, this sounds like a much different you know school style yeah. than, than what I was raised in. And I think I think the main takeaway of this article, Landon, I want to get yours in just a second. I think the main takeaway of this article is that uh, what we learn in school needs to be. Um, more focused towards what we actually want to pursue in life than it is. And I think a lot yeah. of times in school what we do is we waste a lot of time teaching kids math that they'll never use, mm -hmm. giving kids resources that they'll never use, teaching them skills that they'll never use, and uh, wasting a lot of time on Chromebooks and uh, just, just things that really don't add value to their life or teach them how to um, become better individuals who contribute instead of consume. 
And um, nothing, not that I'm a teacher. I understand you've got to put your kids on a Chromebook every once in a while to get a break and catch up on all your stuff. I understand that. But I'm saying the public school system is not really set up to cater to individual learning styles or individual uh, interests. It's really catered to crank out the same kid over right. and over yep. at a graduation 18 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at that point, the kids kind of start, you know, at that point, they begin. They ju- they're just now beginning at 18 years old looking for what they want to do. And I don't think that's yeah. a productive way to spend all those 12 years of of school. All right, guys, that is where we are going to wrap up this episode. If you enjoyed the content you heard in this episode, reach out and let me know what you thought of it through the link in the show notes. You can send me a personalized audio voice message giving me thanks, comments, questions, feedback, an alternate perspective, your story, anything at all. We would love to hear those. It makes us feel super connected to you guys as audience members, and it makes the podcasting system two-way. You can also follow the Restore Report podcast on Instagram and Facebook if you're interested in the content we post there as well. So thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time.